It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. I think at the end of the day, we all have a desire to be seen, to be known, and to be loved. And just to give a little backstory, I was not one of the cool kids like back in the day. I think it started pretty early for me. At 18 months old, I got my first pair of bifocal glasses. And right now, kids' glasses are so cool. They just have bright colors. They're very fun. That was not the case back in the day. I mean, they were black, they were thick, and they were bifocals. So anyway, started wearing glasses at 18 months, and then they decided that it would improve my vision if I wore a patch over my strong eye, it would strengthen my weak eyes. So for a good solid like six months or so, I had kind of the adhesive patch going over my eye. Now I'm in school at this point, right? And then I my skin didn't like that very well, so we had to transition to the pirate patch with a black elastic band. This does not make you one of the cool kids No, in elementary school. I'm just saying. So I was pretty used to not being picked. (laughs) I wasn't going to be the first pick. I wasn't going to be chosen. I knew my place. It's all good. But when I was 18 years old, I decided to run for Miss Artesia. Artesia is the city that I grew up in in Southern California. And I have three older sisters. They all ran for Miss Artesia. They didn't win They just had such a great experience. They met girls from the community and made new friends. And the whole thing was just a lot of fun. So they encouraged me to do it. And I did. And I I came from a family. I mean, all of us girls were athletes. We were softball pitchers, took softball, you know, pitching lessons off season. And my dad coached our teams. My mom managed our teams. That's what we did. Around 13, I started discovering music and taking private voice lessons and was the vocalist that came along with the church if you were married in our church. You know, I I had lots of gigs on Mm -hmm. Saturday afternoons, lots of opportunities to sing, that sort of thing. Started dancing shortly after that around 14. But beauty pageants, this was new territory for me. I didn't know what I was doing at all. But I was just happy to be along for the ride. I definitely felt like a fish out of water, and there was no way that that I was going to win. I was just so happy to be one of the crowd to be one of the girls in the group. So had a wonderful experience. I I did make some really great friends as we were going through our rehearsals and we had different coaching sessions and fittings for the clothes that we would wear the night of the pageant and everything. It just was all tons of fun. I had so much fun. And it came to the night of the pageant where we, we were able to put all that we had learned on display and just have a great time. And at the very end of the night, of course, they announced the winner. Okay, so what did you do? What was your what was your stick? Uh, they some beauty pageants have a talent portion. This stream of pageants didn't have a talent portion. They had an interview portion okay. instead. So it was talking, which is one of the things I'm best at. You are. I can you talk are. all day long. Do you remember what you talked about? Oh, heavens no. Oh, not at all. No, okay. but I mean, they would just ask you questions, and it was just whatever off the cuff, whatever you mm-hmm. shared. Mm-hmm. So there was, yeah, other aspects of the pageant, but but instead of a talent portion, they had an interview portion. But we get to the end of the night where it's time to announce the winner and we're all standing there in our evening gowns, right? And the previous queen is standing there and it's very dramatic. There was one girl that 
was the obvious pick. She was really pretty. She was everybody loved her, and yeah. so we were excited. We were we. I was ready to celebrate her for oh, yeah. sure. She's gonna win. Yeah, she's got it. She's got this thing in the bag. So they get to the moment where you know, and Miss Artesia, nineteen is, and this dramatic pause and and the drum roll, all the things, right? And they said my name. What? They said my name. I was like, what the what? I couldn't believe it, honestly. You you see, like, this is your stereotypical, the beauty pageant, like, the girl wins, and she, her eyes get all big and her mouth goes wide, and she's like, what? <laughs> me? <laughs> this was totally me, right. but it was totally real. So you're saying this was in the 20th century when this happened? Yes, it was. <laughs> and it, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. But so there I am. Mm-hmm. They call my name. I'm in shock and awe at the whole thing. They give me this beautiful bouquet of flowers and they put a crown on my head and they have me walk down the ramp. My first walk is Miss Artesia and the music's playing. And I mean, it's just everything that you expect it to be, right? But after all the congratulations and the hugs and the pictures and all of the things, I get back home and wash off my makeup and put on my pajamas, you know, which was probably some old Warner Brothers t-shirt that my dad had passed down to me, you know, and anyway, everybody went to bed and I went to bed, but I couldn't fall asleep. I was just so full of adrenaline. So I ended up getting up and going to our family room and we had a fireplace there and, and my parents had placed my trophy that I was given for winning on the fireplace. And I sat down in my jammies, all, you know, fresh faced next to my trophy and put the crown on. And I just sat there and I just let that moment sink in. And I think, I think I just didn't want to go to sleep because I didn't want that feeling to go away. Yeah. I felt seen. I felt known and I felt loved and I wanted to stay in that place. I didn't want it to ever become a memory. And I think that we all want to be seen and we want to be known and we want to be loved and, and, you know, I don't know, maybe this whole thing just sounds crazy to you, but maybe there's a moment, you know, for you, Perry, maybe it was the timers, you know, the clock is ticking and it's, it's, it's a tied game and you get the ball. No, it was and a beauty pageant. It was a beauty pageant for you too? <laughs> yeah. 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 Mr. Sheboygan. Mr. Sheboygan. You're kidding. <laughs> Me? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's all very dramatic. But I think the moment meant so much to me just because I felt chosen. Yeah. You know, I felt loved. I felt seen. I felt known. And I think that we all long for that to somebody. Maybe you've got a moment that you hold on to, you know, in the glory days and you talk about it all the time, you know, or or maybe it's a moment you long for. You've not experienced it yet. And you Mm -hmm. long to feel seen and known and loved in that way. Here's the thing. That's inside of us. It's a part of being human because God put it there. He put it there so that we would seek him and we would find it in relationship with him. And the coolest part of finding it there. Yeah. Is that doesn't ever become a memory. Yeah. Never spoils or fades. Right. It's never something of yesterday that we have to bring back up and and try to relive again because the fact that you are seen, the fact that you are known, the fact that you are loved, this is our right now reality always. It will be all day today and all through the night tonight and tomorrow morning when you work when you wake up, it will be just as real. And Psalm 139, 1 through 4 says, You've searched me, Lord. You know me. 
You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways before a word is on my tongue. Lord, you know it completely. God knows you and he sees you and he values you and he loves you so much. And there's nothing that you can do ever that will separate you from the love of God. It's never going to be something of yesterday. It's never going to be just a memory. It's your right now reality that he chose you and that he loves you. If you've ever thought, I can't do this, I can't take another step, life is just too hard, I can relate. And I'd like to hear about how you made it because obviously you were able to take that next step. Mm. So that story would be awesome to hear. 800-968-8930, 800-968-8930. Psalm 84 is a song the Israelites would sing as they made their way up to Jerusalem to worship God at the temple. And it's a song we need to sing as we make our way to the city of light, the forever city. So here's just part of Psalm 84, verses 5 through 7. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So they're going up to Jerusalem and they're singing this. So first, blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. We are blessed or happy or filled up with joy when we look to God for our strength mm. and when we see this life as a journey to our true home. So this is where we find some reservoirs of joy when we look to God as our strength and not to ourselves or anybody else, we find joy in that. And when we realize that this is not our home, that produces joy in us. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the Bible recap this year. You know, I'm reading through the Bible in a year. And it's Terry Lee Cobble is the one who has kind of put this reading plan together. And she shares her thoughts with us every day as we're on this journey together. And she does this thing called the God shot after we read, you know, three or four chapters of scripture. She shares insights about the scripture, gives us some context and whatnot. But then she's like, this is kind of my takeaway for today. And she calls it her God shot. Mm. And it always ends with, cause he's where the joy is. Mm. That's the last mm -hmm. line of every single day of the reading. And, you know, at first it's like, yeah, that is where the, he is where the joy is. And then, you know, you're going through January and you're like, right. And that's where the joy, you know, it becomes that rote thing, sure. but it's circled back around to, I'm hearing this every single day and I'm, I'm starting to believe it, you know, yep. it's starting to resonate with me because he is where the joy is. And we, 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 ah, oh, we put so much effort and so much attention into finding joy in other places, mm -hmm. in, in things that are so temporal and so outside of our control. And we try to, we try to wield control. We try to grab control of things and over control things so that we can get the joy that we long for. And, Man, there's just such a release in not having to have things go my way and just trusting God and keeping my eyes fixed on Him and letting my joy be in Him. Yeah, I love that. That's so good that that we would be able to live there every day, right? Yeah. 
and we need to be reminded. So yeah. <laughs> I don't mind the remind. I yeah, I don't mind the reminder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then it says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. So in ancient Israel, the valley of Baca was a dry place. But because the pilgrims on their way up to Jerusalem were so happy about experiencing God at the temple, it made that dry valley seem like a cool water. Mm. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Plus, it says God also sent rain for them to drink. So when life is hard, when the journey is hard and your lips are parched, set your hope on your true home. God will bring you refreshment just in time, right on time. And maybe you're waiting for that rain to come. It's it's going to come. It's going to it's going to rain in the desert, my friend. I feel like what that says to us too is that by setting our hearts on God and experiencing joy of God even in the dry places, he changes the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Not only does he change our heart, I mean, he made the dry place a place like springs, right? Mm-hmm. So he can not only change our hearts and allow us to experience joy in the midst of the hardship of it, but he can change the circumstances themselves. Yeah. So first they're finding joy and they're finding refreshment in, hey, we're going to get to worship God, but then God also brings some rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. This is, God's word is so amazing. Uh, And then it says they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. And maybe you're thinking, that's not reality for me. I feel like I'm going from weakness to weakness. I've been there. But remember what Jesus told Paul? My strength is made perfect in weakness. So when you're weak, it sets you up to experience God's strength. What is the enemy of, of experiencing God as your strength? Well, the enemy is me trying to get the strength from myself. We can only go from strength to strength by coming to the end of our own. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it says, each will appear before God in Zion. One day you're going to appear before God and you're going to see his face. And I long to see God's face. When my mom first started following Jesus, she said yes to Jesus. She was the first one in our family to say yes to Jesus. And it it just had a ripple effect Mm. up to today. But Jesus just spoke to her heart and said, it's going to be worth it. It will be worth it. And she knows that now a hundred percent because she's in the presence of the Lord, but it's going to be worth it is a story. It's a story of our family. It's a story of how the Holy Spirit just moved throughout our whole family. So all that to say, you're going to appear before God one day, and if you know him, uh, when you see his face, you're going to be completely whole. So let's, let's set our hearts on, pilgrim, on pilgrimage. We're pilgrims. We're on a journey. This is not our home. You know, the word says we're aliens and we're strangers in this world. So let's not... Let's not set up a permanent foundation here because this is not our home. And let's long for that day when we're going to see Jesus face to face. Man, that's just really what's inspiring me in my life right now. Jesus, I just want to see your face. I can't wait to see your face. Doesn't it just 
just blow your minds that we have the opportunity to know God? I mean, we get to know God. I love it. My mom and dad both knew Jesus when before they ever had me, and so I grew up knowing that God loved me my whole life. It was very much the way that our family did life. We went to church twice on Sundays. We did the Wednesday night thing. I don't remember ever getting a meal then, but we were there midweek and loved it. So church was a huge part of our lives. But when I was 13 years old, it was December of that year that the Christmas story just captivated my heart in such a different way. Maybe it was because at that point in my life, I was real aware of my sin mm. and just yep. the fact that Jesus came, that, that the Father was willing to send Jesus, that Jesus was willing to come to live and to die for my sins so that I could have a relationship with the Lord. It just, it captivated my heart. It grabbed me in, in a new and different way, and it just became personal to me for the first time. And so... I asked him to be the Lord of my life, and I made a commitment to follow him forever. And for me, it was very specific to the fact, because it had always been this family event, this family thing that we did, faith and church, that even if my mom and dad walked away, I was not going to walk away. I was in this for life. So I made this personal commitment to Jesus. And I'm the youngest of four girls, and my sister that's closest to me in age is four years older than I am. And so there were a lot of times I would just knock on her door because I wanted to do something with her and she would be sitting on her waterbed and she'd have her Bible out and a journal and pens and, you know, she'd say, oh, you know, give me a minute or 10 more minutes or whatever and I'll come out and we'll hang out together. So I knew that that was a part of her life and I knew that that was a part of being in relationship with God was studying the Bible, but I didn't know how to do it. It's such a beautiful thing, though, that your family was had that culture. Mm. I mean, that's used a lot now, the culture. But, you know, just that you guys genuinely were following Jesus and there was this opportunity for discipleship to happen, not just with your parents, but with mm-hmm. your sisters. That's an amazing gift. Yeah. And, you know, my, my dad, my dad loved the Word of God and was yep. always in the Word of God. It was very exciting to we you know we read the bible together as a family dad was always in his office studying scripture preparing to teach something mm-hmm. but i chose to knock on my sister's door you know and and to ask her so anyway after i made this commitment to jesus and i decided to follow him i knew that being in the word was going to be a part of it and so one day i knocked on her door and sure enough there she was on her waterbed with her bible and her journal and her pens and all the things and she's like yeah just a few minutes and i was like no 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 what are you doing? And she's, she was like, what? And I said, I want to know what's happening in here <laughs> behind closed doors. Like, I want to know what you're doing. And she invited me in and I, I climbed up on the waterbed next to her and she taught me how to spend time with God in the word. Does she remember that? That moment? Yeah. When you asked her? No. Okay. Mm-mm. No, she doesn't remember that, that specific moment. All right. But she taught me how to not just not read scripture like a task to be done, but to engage in relationship with the Lord as you read the Bible. Like as I had questions that came up that didn't make sense to me to go ahead and ask them to say, Lord, I don't, I don't understand this. Or why would you say that? Or that really bothers me. That, that doesn't sit well with me. And I don't know what to do with that. It was okay to engage in that with the Lord and ask him questions and to listen and let him respond. How did she learn how to do it? 
Oh, man. That's a good question. Yeah. You should ask her. I should ask On her. On your podcast with her. I should. Yeah, we have a podcast together. If you want to check it out, it's called Real Sisters, Real Talk. And it's this sister that taught me how to read mm-hmm. the Bible that I do that podcast with. But that's where it all started for me. And cool. I'm a daily person. I know not everybody is a daily person, but I am definitely a daily person. And it's not because I you get any gold stars if you do this daily, but because I need to meet with God daily, that I've just had this practice of reading scripture and meeting with the Lord for over 40 years now. Yeah. Do the math. I'm old is one well, thing. But and you got the word deep down in you too. I do. I do. And I love meeting with the Lord in this way. And so I guess my question to you out of that is just, man, we've got this incredible privilege of knowing God, of walking in relationship with him. Do you know him? Do you know God? And I'm not asking if you know about God, like if you've had a practice of going to church, that sort of thing. I'm asking if you know him. Do you spend time with him, talking with him and asking your questions and sharing your feelings and your thoughts and, I don't know, just talking about life Mm -hmm. and listening, really listening for him, for his instructions on what you're supposed to do for the day and what you're supposed to do about certain circumstances and relationships and how to live out this life, this everyday life that we live his way, the things that he shares with us in the Bible, they're for us, for living our lives. And he knows you already. He knows you so much and he loves you so much. And the more time that you spend with him, not only will you know him more, you'll love him more. And over time, you're going to find that you trust him more. And the more that you trust him, the easier it is to obey him. And this is what it is to walk in love relationship with the Lord. So here's a question for you. If this isn't a part of your life right now, who do you know that regularly spends time with God? Who's your big sister sitting on her waterbed? Maybe it's time to just ask them what they're doing, to ask them what they're really doing, and to begin doing it too. We have had a listener drop in this morning just to just to stop by and say hi. His name is Clayton. And, you know, all of a sudden, Shauna, well, you tell the story. <laughs> We're, I love it. Okay, so we have relationships with our listeners. When you text in, we, we build this relationship with you. If you've never texted into the station, just pop this number into your phone really quick. It's 800-968-8930. Perry and I love hearing from you. And it just brings us so much joy. You can text us. You can call us. We'd love to connect with you personally. So I think, Perry, you and Clayton have been texting each other. Yes. And so Clayton's like, I'm going to come on by the studio. So he pops in here and he's kind of watching the show go down and and we got to meet for the first time and kind of put faces with names. What do you, what do you think of this whole business, Clayton? It's, uh, it's really amazing to just see the camaraderie um, and the love that everybody in here has for each other and to put the the faces to the voice um it just really opens up a whole new insight for what you guys really do cool well we're we're so glad that you popped in and then we got to meet you face to face and you know perry and i we like to just kind of go for it so upon meeting clayton we're like so how did you meet jesus how did you fall in love with jesus right. yeah how did you how did how did jesus become real to you yeah. Um, so my mom was just a pillar of the faith. Um, she's a saint and she's carried our family through a lot. Um, 
And probably three years ago is when it really hit me. Um, I got invited to an event um, through Encounter Ministry. It's called Men's Encounter, um, and it's a 14-session base, 48-hour um, just weekend where um, a thousand plus men gather hmm. and they and they talk about real life, the things that we go through as men, the things that we struggle with, the things that we don't want to talk about uh, with anybody else. So sitting and hearing that, um, the Lord really put it on my heart that I was never all in. Um, hmm. I was kind of that one foot in, one foot out Christian. Um, and and I laid it down down there in Missouri um, and I never picked it back up again. And so it was about three years ago and was able to come home um, and be the spiritual leader in my family that the Lord calls us to be as men um, and just encourage those around us to do the same. And from there, it's it's been um, it's been a battle because the moment you pick that up, the, you get a you get a target on your back, yeah. and the enemy comes after you for those things. So it's but it's been it's been good ever since. What was it at the? Is it is it a camp? Yeah, so it's a it's a three hundred and twenty acre camp down there, and there's uh, I don't know over a hundred buildings, houses, people live on the camp and take care of it. Um, but yeah, you it's for men and women, different sessions. Men go one month, women go the next month, mm. um, and then there's kids camps and stuff like that throughout the summer. So you realized I'm not all in, and I need to I need to repent. I need to make a change. I need to turn. Mm-hmm. What was it specifically? Can you can you take us to the moment when something just hit your heart and you were like, "Wow, this I'm just not really I've got one foot in the values of the world and I've got one foot in Jesus." Yeah, yeah, it was so um what we went through some stuff with our son, some medical things and I held on to that um as pride as what I can fix. Um as a man I looked like I'm a doer, right? I can if it's if there's a nail sticking up and I got a hammer, I'm gonna fix it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I carried that into my marriage, into my fatherhood. Um, and down there, I realized that I'm really not in control of anything. Um, so I, I laid down my pride, I laid down my selfishness as a man, um, and I looked and got to listen to the people and the testimonies who have done that and how the Lord came in. Um, and he picks us up even more than we could ever do ourselves. Um, hmm. And he, he, he did that to me that weekend. Um, and he filled me and he, and he gave me the grace and, and the forgiveness um, through my repentance. But it starts with repentance. It starts with recognizing who he is and who we're not and what we need from him. Um, and, and then from there, uh, once we realize that, is, is only then can, can we begin to step in what he has for us. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like you came to the end of yourself your own strength. Absolutely. You know, and that's where God's strength begins. Yeah. And I find that I have to continue mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. back to that because I'm still naturally self-reliant. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I can muscle through this. You know, I've got what it takes. I'm, I, my, my, me, 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 <laughs> the, the me monster, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I got to, yeah. I got to keep resetting. I think, I think that we, I think that we want that. We want to we want to completely surrender to Jesus and then all the things that we wrestled with before no longer are a part of our daily reality. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is the day that we choose to surrender, we choose to surrender every day from that point on for yeah, as long as we absolutely. live. Yeah. It's a constant refixing our gaze on Jesus yeah. and, and saying, you're worth it. You talked about this earlier this morning, Perry, your mom got the message yep. from the Lord. It's going to be worth it. Yep. It's going to be worth it. And it's, it's choosing 
to engage the battle and mm-hmm. and and not give in to the things of the world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We make choices every day, right? Um, and it starts in the morning for me. Mm-hmm. It has to. Um, and a friend of mine, friend of mine, told me this um, in in college. He said, "What what warrior sharpens his sword after the battle?" Right, mm. and it's the preparation. That's um, good. What are we stepping into? And that that repentance, it's it's a daily thing. And the hard thing is, is that for me, it usually takes a hardship to bring me there. So, why aren't I there all the time? Why yeah. does it have to take a hardship? Yeah, you use the word repentance, and it's not a a word that's used in mainstream culture very mm-hmm. much. We use it in the church, and sometimes we often we don't know what that means. So, yeah. repentance. Yeah, I know that you're. You're 29 years old, and you're using the word repentance, and so I think that's really sweet. But what is it? What is repentance? So what the Lord told me, um, it's 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 understanding everything that I've tried to control myself, everything that I've tried to take um, and manage on my own, um, whether that's my sin, whether that's um, my pride. Right? It all boils down to sin. Um, but it's understanding who God is and understanding that. I'm not in control of these things, and I repent of them. I lay them down. I turn from them, right? It's not just laying them down and going, well, I'm going to do it later. It's a turning from and going, I'm never picking this up again. Mm-hmm. The Lord has something different for me. Um, and once once we come to that and we realize that that we're not meant, we're not even meant to carry these things, mm-hmm. right? The Lord says, "Cast your cares on me, for I care for you. Cast your burdens on me, right?" And and He wants to carry those things, and and we try to do those ourselves, and and we just can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What can you say to the person who, you know, this is just hitting them in the heart? The Holy Spirit's just putting a finger on something in their life, and they just realize, man. This is for me. I know I'm listening right now for me. Mm-hmm. What can you say to that person who's who's not all in? Mm-hmm. I guess I would say that um, take take everything you've imagined. Um, if you're a husband or if you're a wife or if you're a family or if you're single or not, um, take everything you've imagined and and just understand that the Lord wants so much more for you than even what you can fathom yourself. Um, and if you lay those things down, um, the desires of your heart, will actually change and the Lord will direct you into the things that he would have for you. And, mm-hmm. and he'll take you places that you've never thought you could go before. So I, I would definitely challenge you guys to do that. Yeah. I'm thinking of that passage, delight yourself in the Lord, mm-hmm. delight in God, make God my delight and, and he'll give the desires of my heart. I don't know if you've ever come across Psalm 73, but it says one of the passages, verses in there says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And being with you, I desire nothing on earth. It's a beautiful prayer to God, but how often can I really say that? Lord, I desire nothing but you. Everything else on earth pales in comparison to you. I find it so easy to love the world to love what the world values. So I come back to the word. First John chapter two, John says, don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. 
Lord, that's where I want my heart to be. Thanks for letting Perry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Perry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Perry and Shauna mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.